It's the first week of AFL Finals 2021 and it's tipped out here to give you our expert analysis into the week's coming games. You're here with Chris Pepper, the 377-game superstar of the East Kill Club. And don't ever forget the co-host with the moat, the Grand Poobah, my tango to his cash, Jamie the J-Dog Wallace. How are you, big fella? And boy, are we two very, very excited people for these week's games. I'm very excited. I'm very confident about my team tomorrow night. Me too. Jittery. Me too. Um, Peps, very excited. Can I be your hooch to your turner? You can be the hooch to my turner. You certainly can. Oh, big, big dog. <laughs> Peps, bloody great to see you here on a Thursday night. Welcome, everyone, the listeners. Look, we've got a bit of a weird show. We're not doing it our usual podcast style, Peps. We're doing it live. We're going live. And, and we're going to do a little bit more of a bit more of a bit more of a, uh, a, a deep dive. Deep dive. A deep, deep dive. dive. A Greg Laganus. A top ten. Straight into it in the pike position. We're not going. We're not going for like. Analyst, like an hour on one game, we could do about, about five minutes, and then we're we'll just going to go yeah, just lace out style, tipped out. Just going to do the live tip in. We're going to call it the tip in show. Just, the, just tip the tips in. in. And if you want to tip in or chip in, we're going <laughs> Thursday night. Why are we going Thursday night? Because it's finals time, baby. Finals, baby. And people want it, so we're going five Thursday night. We've made this a bit of a surprise. I even made it a surprise to the J Dog about five minutes ago. We're going live <laughs> because that's how we want it. So we're going to break down each of the games. I'm looking after two. Jamie's looking after two, and we've actually made the conscious decision to not even analyse our own games to keep the biases right out of it. So I'm going to start it off with the first game tomorrow night, Port Adelaide versus the Geelong Cats, 7.50pm, yes. Adelaide Oval. The ins for Port Adelaide. Horazio Fantasia's in. Mitch Georgiades is injured. Sam Mays omitted, which you picked, I think, earlier in the week. In for the Cats. He's been preparing himself for the last 10 weeks. Mitch Duncan, out. John's son, Max Holmes, and Sean Higgins, the Medi sub. Must be the youngest one out of the 30-year-olds because he can't get a game, J-Dog. So <laughs> good luck to the Tomahawk playing his 300th game as well because I think yeah. it's going to be a good one. Rightio. So I've had a look at this, J-Dog, and this is going to be closer than anyone is going to predict. Two very, very high-disposal teams. The pressure factor will be through the roof. Mm-hmm. But you have more of the contested ball. They love the uncontested ball side of things. Yep. Well, they've got the bulls in Boken Wines. They've got the uncontested magnets. Smith, Meningola, Guthrie. You've got Danger in there as well. You've got Selwood. You've got the back line. I think that can take them, but you've also got the two power forwards. It is just where you look at it, every single place there's stories to be told across the board. I think it's just going to come down to they're going to be keeping consist- uh, consistent uh, hold of the ball. They love their chip and chip and kick, chip and kick style. And then when they're able to spot it up, bang, straight into uh, the four lines down to the big guns of uh, danger. Sorry, danger if he's down there. Gary Rowan, will he actually do something this final series? Hasn't done anything in any final series. Uh, they're still trying to find him grand final day many, many years ago because he keeps getting keeps disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing I like about your mob, J-Dog, is simply this. You, uh, you have 14% more turnovers than Geelong when they play, but you have 14% more intercepts. So you're willing to be more daring with the ball. Yeah. You love your run and gun. You love your high positions. And when you've got the two big boys through the middle, like I said it before, Bokes and Wise, potentially one of those being a Brownlow medalist and one who did not get a game 
in the All-Australian team completely riffed off in Boak, I think you're going to go all right. I know you said you got your worries about your back line. I think you're going to go all right. The Lear Lear and the big fella down there, Mr. Jonas, they are going to be on Hawkins and Cameron. But as you know, it's usually one back. So as long as you've got that, that um, swappiness, you will be fine. Uh, they do average 57 more disposals than their opposition, Geelong. Yeah. So they, like I said, they do chip it, chip it around quite a fair bit and they have a lot of marking around the grounds too. So they do like the uncontested. You saw last week what happened when Melbourne played them. Mm-hmm. They had control of the uncontested ball. They looked fantastic. As soon as the pressure got applied to them, yeah. they melted. And yeah. So I think that's where you can definitely win it because you are the contested beasts uh, around the ground. Um, they've won six of the last ten against you, so that's something you have to keep in mind. And they don't fear Adelaide Oval either. Mm, they no. Be there. Um, I've mentioned it before, Selwood and Danger versus Boken Wines. Couldn't ask for much more than that. It's just a perfect sort of setup. Uh, Stanley against Lysette is going to be an interesting one. Stanley had a pretty good start to the game last week. He was involved in everything, but unfortunately, Dorney took him over and destroyed him in the second half. Lysette has been fantastic all year. Stiff to probably not be mentioned for all Australian, would you say, just in the in the conversation? No, nah, I think it's been a better All right, got that one wrong. Uh, but <laughs> I think that's going to be an interesting matchup as well too. Uh, and I think the dangerous smalls of Port Adelaide is going to be a bit of a danger as well. So... Uh, I do hold a lot of faith in Geelong. I think they would want to bounce back after the actual putrid effort that they served up last week. But just because it's at your home ground, you want to win. You, you just want to have that nice, easy road to Perth. And I think you're going to take it out, j Dog. And I'm going to tip you by about eight points at the most. It is okay. going to be close. Uh, but statistically, like I said, uh, they'll have a lot more over. But I think you're a lot more quality when you go forward and you do more with less so I'm picking Port Adelaide to be winning by eight points tomorrow night at the Adelaide Oval. Thoughts, mm-hmm. big fella? Uh, yep, I like it. My fear is just the same as last time and every time we play Hawth- uh, sorry, Cats, is they just have a forward line that's a little bit too powerful for Port Adelaide. Last time the three forwards, Rowan, um, Hawkins and... Cameron kicked 12 between them on us. Um, and that's where my concern is, whether we've, whether we're just one tall too short because a Lira Lira is not great man on man. And, and we've seen that through his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Cameron took him to the bath. I took, took him to the, sorry, took him to the cleaners last time. Um, but I'm happy to be wrong. I was wrong this time last year. I'm happy to be wrong again. Well, the other thing that I think is on your side is that, like I said, contested beasts, and once you get the ball, Geelong don't get it back off their opponents. They're ranked 12th in tackles yeah. per game. So they're down low. Uh, that's just because they're old and they don't like to chase. They yeah. don't want to do the hard things. They're all showy, showy, but they're not willing to put in the hard yards. And not having Stuart and Tui back there just makes a huge difference for it's any It's going to make a massive difference. So we're going with your boys, big fella. So that should be exciting for you. Yes. Okay, I'm moving into the second game because I stuffed up the run sheet and I should have been looking after the last game, but I got a little <laughs> bit trigger happy. So I'm going to be doing the Swans versus the Giants at their um, at their sacred fighting ground of the University of Tasmania Stadium. Mm. 3.20 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. Footy, Chad Warner and James Baller in. Braden Campbell omitted Callum Mills injured with that Achilles, which I said on Tuesday night will be um, – no pun intended. He's Achilles. I reckon you'll struggle to see him for the rest of the season. Robbie Fox, the Medi sub. Some big ins. No pun intended again. Sam Reed, Big Mummy, Toby Green, 
Adam yep. Kennedy injured. Kieran Briggs omitted. Tanner Braun omitted. Xavier O'Halloran has been injured as well. Okay. So I don't think this one's going to be close at all. And I'm going to go out and simply say the Swans should win this by a minimum minimum of five goals. And okay. there's a number of factors behind it. It's simply this, okay. J-Dog. First of all, they're, they when they look at their opponents and what they do across the board, yep. Sydney destroy their opponents. Uh, they've had close to 500 more disposals over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a marks percentage-wise, they're 19 marks, uh, five tackles, three goals, um, less clangers than their opponents across the season. When you yep. have a look at what GWS have been serving up, they're under. They get their hands on the ball less. They take less marks. They do less tackles, less goals, less behinds. Everything across the board says they can't get the ball and they don't do enough with it when they get it. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. They do get it not as much, but for somehow it's been clicking recently. Their midfield is deep. Yeah. And that's a thing that I think could cause a bit of an issue. But I think they're thin at the pillared ends as well too. So down back and down forward, I think they're a little bit thin. So yeah. the midfield has to work harder. A bit of the Western Bulldog syndrome here. You've got Topper, uh, Taranto, Hopper, Kelly, Whitfield versus Heaney, Kennedy, Parker, Dawson. I think Rampy will go to Hogan as well too. Mm-hmm. Hogan hasn't been too bad. He's starting to get a bit of zhuzh about it, a bit of excitement. His first final series, so he's going to be excited for that as well too. I think the, the matchup will be um, Buddy versus Davis. Davis has to go to Buddy, the two old school. He only needs, I think, eight for the 1,000. I don't think he'll get it this week, but I guarantee no. he will be getting it the week after. Uh, like I said, the GWS side of things, they just don't get the ball. They're lower in disposals, marks, tackles, hitouts, goals. Uh, they just don't rank highly in anything. When you go yeah. and have a look at their statistics, they're just they're sort of no man's land, and I think they're a little bit of a false economy. I know we said West Coast were a little bit weak in what they were going to be delivering in terms mm-hmm. of moving into the finals. I think the GWS, regardless of what they've done over the last few weeks, their win against Geelong down and Geelong was sensational. But I think they've got a, bit, a little bit of a false economy, and I think the Swans are priming themselves for this. I think the Swans, in my eyes, should have been the true fourth position, not Brisbane. Right. There's factors amongst that as well too. They just get a lot more of the ball uncontested. They run a lot, They run it. They run the lines. They run the lanes. That's been brought in by Don Pike as well too. Um, yeah. and I just think they're just more attacking. They're too good throughout. And um, I was able to see them live against Richmond this year, and if they do what they did to Richmond against GWS – I've tipped five goals, but it could be a hell of a lot more. Okay. Wow. Um, Tomicky versus Mumford Peps. Oh, jeez. I've actually got that written down and forgot to mention it. Uh, Hickey, very stiff. He's been sensational mm. for them this year. Um, yep. And Mummy, Mummy's on his last legs. So he's, he's either going to go down swinging, Lynchy style. He'll want to try and get <laughs> that last grand final. He'll do anything. He'll be super clumsy this final series. He could be the clumsiest player. Yeah. All stuff. But I think too, Hickey will be too much around the ground, just grind mummy down. And, and that's just another reason why um, they're going to win. Simple as that. I like it. I like it. Wow. What do you reckon? Um, Toby Green is back in uh, this week. Yes. Toby Green. Yes, he is. Yep. 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 Phil Davis yes. is an emergency. Phil Davis is an emergency. He is. Oh, okay. Well, then there's not going to be any Buddy versus Davis action. <laughs> there's definitely not. Uh, who's going to be playing on him? Malikin or Harry. Mm. Nah, nah, Rampy. Nah, Rampy. Rampy will go to Hogan. Rampy to Hogan? Yep. Sam Taylor will have to go. Yep. Sam Taylor will have to go to, to Buddy. Well, 
That's the only one probably size-wise. Jake Stein's not big enough. Isaac Cummings probably going to be more on rampy, um, bit, some a bit faster. Um, I just yeah. think this is going to be, even if you have a look at the, from the home and away ladder, just the differences between the two teams and what they brought uh, in terms of wins, et cetera, there was just too much of a gap, and I think this is going to play out by the end of the game. Swans yeah. easily. Swans easily. Okay. Over to you, big fella. You're looking after the last two games. Tell us about them. Well, I am, but I'm for this game here. Just quickly, I'm just going to go GWS because they're hot at the moment. Yeah, and that's okay. why. That's why I'm just. I know they're hot. GWS. I know they're hot, and I'm. I'm not going to argue with you. I just <laughs> think the Swans. If um, I can smell what they're cooking, yeah. Unlike Carlton, who just Ooh. they just burnt their fifth coach in nine years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 talk about the big one, Peps. As I said, impartial because this is not my team. Um, this is your team and you're not talking about them. It's me. Like you spoke about Port Adelaide for, for me. So we're, we're not biased, but I'll definitely ask for your inputs to this. So Saturday, uh, 7.30 p.m., Saturday night game. It, it absolutely deserves it. 1v4 coming in for Melbourne is absolutely no one. They are taking an unchanged lineup as you should. Minor premiers last week with a wonderful win over the goal uh, against the Cats. Out, though, is James Jordan, who was a medi sub, so that's not a big one there. Coming in on the Brisbane Lions side is Harris Andrews, which is a huge inclusion, and Mitch Robinson as well. Out goes Calamar Chi with an injury. Reese Matheson is a medi sub. He's been dropped, and Ryan Lester is injured. And the big milestone for this game here is Charlie Cameron. He's playing his 150th AFL game. Radio. So, Peps, just some of the key stats I want to just quickly just run by you. Um, Brisbane were the highest scoring team this year with 2,131 points, um, where Melbourne were ranked fifth on that points four ladder. But the opposite, the flip, flip it down, reverse it. Just beep, reverse beep, that word. Beep, back it up. Just back it up. <laughs> back it up. Melbourne have the stingiest, the tightest defense with only 1,443 points conceded. And Brisbane were ranked fifth. So a bit of an odd flip around there, but um, it's just a team that likes to score heavily versus a team that can, can score heavily but is also extremely tight there across the back line with your two pillars that just seem to chop off everything. The key matchups I see in this game here are uh, Stephen May, um, one point, uh, no, 190 centimetres, 93-kilogram defender versus Joe Danaher, who's just on two metres and 100 kilograms. I also see the forward line speed of Cameron and Zach Bailey running through there, whether Christian Salem and Jaden Hunt can provide coverage for those ones there because they are um, heavy goal scorers. I've also got Charles, uh, Daniel Rich coming off the halfback line versus Charlie Spargo and Cozzy Pickett, whether those two players are going to be accountable for Daniel Rich because he sets up a lot of the back line, uh, sorry, a lot, of the, a lot of the forward thrusts from him and from Grant Birchall. So those two players seem to do a lot of sinking together. So can Charlie Spargo and Cozzy Pickett stop that? Um, and then I've got the big one there is just um, can Harris Andrews and Ben Brown. I know Ben Brown's only just recently come into the team and has hit a pocket of form um and ha- can ha- what 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 does harris andrews do does he stay back and play that fullback sweeper role and be there to do a lot of those defensive uh man-on-man marks or will he follow ben brown out and, and and start to do those some of those ones there so i'm interested in what 
the Brisbane defence does with Ben Brown because Ben Brown, we know, is a very active forward. He likes to lead up into the pockets and he likes to sort of get involved in that. He's not so much a, a stand the ground like a Hawkins forward. Um, ben Brown's much more active. So whether Harris Andrews is happy to tag team with someone there um, to go with Ben Brown on those leads. Um, going to the going through to the forwards or through through the centres, um, Brisbane. Um, we know they we know they're, they're sort of starting five. They have a bit more pace on the outside from the centre, where Melbourne has a lot more grunt on the inside. Plus, they have the addition of Gorn there as well, who is the most dominant ruckman in the AFL we've seen now for three seasons. So, we know that Gorn is going to give them field possession. We know that Gorn is going to give them a royal service. Is that enough? Um, to allow um, Melbourne to get that ball into the forward 50 quickly. And we have seen through the season it's been pretty effective. Last time you guys met, um, Melbourne ran over the top of Brisbane with a nine-goal second half versus a three-goal second half with the final scores being 97 to 75. Um, so, yeah, you guys just managed to absolutely choke Brisbane after halftime and, and managed to put on quite a few yourself. In terms of stats-wise, just some that I've picked out here, which I find quite interesting. Hit-outs, you guys are 43 to 31. Uncontested possessions, 215 to, to 201. So you guys are a much more um, possession-based team, which is the ability of what Gorn gives you around the ground. He allows you to do a lot of those small chips and handballs and plays through, so I think that's a huge one. Tackles, you guys um, are more dominant in that field, so you guys are more prepared to take the game on and, and um, be a bit more defensive across the ground. And inside forward 50 tackles, you guys are also more active in there with the likes of Cozzy Pickett and Bailey Fritch and those guys there getting involved in keeping that ball inside the forward 50. Um, in terms of the forward structure, um, Brisbane have a more heavily scoring forward line with that front six scoring 176 goals this season versus you guys and your front six um, scoring 127. But we also know that Melbourne's strength is the fact that their midfielders also get involved in the goals. And Gorney does go forward and and, and probably pop up. Oh, sorry, pinch hit there and, and maybe pop in a goal or two per game, um, and it has shown to do that throughout the season. So Peps, it's just this game is exciting. I just I still don't I don't see anyone stopping you guys from marching on to the lovely Optus Stadium there in four weeks' time. I don't see it. You guys, I, I think across the across the ground, you guys just are a more complete team. I think that Brisbane have shown that they are they can score heavily, but you guys did the same thing. These are just these are just stats on a bit of paper. When it comes to the game, I think that Melbourne are one hell of a team. Well, appreciate that. I think the one thing, the differences that I had a look at before we rolled in was that Melbourne have less tackles, but they're willing to have one less person at the stoppage to have it down back and then slingshot off that. Uh-huh. The other thing I looked at was a big stat made during the week was that Brisbane have kicked 100 points in 10 games this year. Yeah. Not a bad stat, J-Dog. No. The thing you want to have a look at it, though, is that if you actually have a look at how many times <laughs> they did that against top eight teams, top teams. it's twice, yeah. and those two teams were Essendon and GWS. So yeah. they haven't actually had a big score against – a top of the table team. Yeah. And that's where that's where my excitement starts. My excitement in it is around that. And the big one for you guys is is 
Can your best four defenders take down these goal scorers? Charlie Cameron's kicked 47 goals this year. Lincoln McCarty's kicked 34. Joe Danaher's kicked 45. Daniel McStay's kicked 28. Thank God you don't have Hipwood to deal with there as well. Um, oh, you're right a, there, mate. And I was surprised they didn't bring... That's a heavy forward, a heavy forward yeah. structure. And I'm surprised they didn't bring um, Hibbert in to yeah. take down Charlie uh, Cameron. I don't yeah. Know, so... Who's winning and why? Uh, who's um, winning, sorry, and by how much? I'm going to go Melbourne, and I'm going to go Melbourne by 22 points. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Nice, uh, how about you? Nice, uh, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take 22 because it's a lot easier to breathe at 22 than it is at two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon it's going to be – I reckon it's going to be – like every game that we're looking at this week is going to be an absolute belter. Yeah. Full stop. And even if you just have a look at some of the stats, you know, Melbourne. Kicks per game third, disposals per game fourth, points per game fifth, tackles per game first, hitouts per game first, second for inside 50s. But then if you flip it around, have a look at Brisbane, yes. first for kicks, first for points, first for inside 50s. Yeah. So the ball the ball could be just pinging left, right, and centre. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's just going to be one of those cracking games. And I, and I hope, you know, we're getting some things off the chat here, Melbourne by 30-plus. Hey, stick that in your multi. Hopefully that one will come true like the other things as well too. All right, J-Dog, I think this is the game that most people are really excited about. Is And I know we've got a lot of viewers on the chat right now and who listen to us every week that brag for these two teams. Yeah. It is the Bulldogs. It is Essendon. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it, who wins and why. All right, so they're at UTAS, University of Tasmania Stadium, um, on a Sunday, 3.20 p.m. Coming in, obviously extended games, oh, sorry, extended benches at the moment or extended teams at the moment. Coming in Western Bulldogs is Anthony Scott, Riley West, and Ryan Gardner for the Western Bulldogs. Coming in for Bris- uh, for Essendon is Andrew Phillips, Jai Caldwell, and Martin Gleeson. Aaron Francis is playing his 50th game. Well done, Aaron Francis. Good on you, Aaron Francis. Hell of a season. You get a chairlift in the final? Yeah, why not? Okay. Chairlifts anytime. 50 games. Huge fan of chairlift. 50 game chairlift. Hey. Hey, Riley West is playing J-Dog. You know what that means? What's that mean, Peps? I reckon his mum's winching's paid off. (laughs) Surprised that um, Stefan Martin didn't come in. Uh, That's been their letdown. Because you're right, rock you, want stick your million dollar, you want to stick your million-dollar ruckman into the million-dollar <laughs> rum baller into the ruck. Um, yes. Well, here we go. Fifth versus eight, Peps. Um, there's no doubt Essendon have probably been the hottest team in the last four weeks. Um, ranked third for scoring versus the Dogs who have been ranked ninth in scoring over the last four weeks. Western Bulldogs have just dropped away massively. It's no surprise here. They were a competition leader in clearance differentials. They were plus seven throughout rounds one to 20. Um, they were plus 36 from points from clearance. They were um, points conceded from clearance. They were 28, so they were super stingy. Um, now across those th- uh, same three measurements, they're ranked 17th, 15th, and 17th again. So they have dropped away massively. And we've seen that in the games. This is the game here when they played about three weeks ago where um, – Essendon really exposed a lot of the flaws in the Western Bulldogs game. So we get to basically have a replay of that again. Um, For me, the key matchups, um, the ruck battle, whoever it is has to first Draper. Draper is an aggressive ruckman. He has a huge leap. Um, Some say he's knick-knack V2. I'm not going to say that, Peps, but maybe our Essendon Essendon fans can say that. Um, Huge leap, super aggressive. 
Um, whoever he versus, whether he's going to split Tim English in half or he's going to put a, a dint in Bonton Pally's forehead, I don't know. But that's a really big key there. Um, they need to get that ball, um, hand in ball first, where some Bulldogs can have a chance. Can the midfield stand up? We've spoken about it. Trelaws, the Libertores, the McStay, uh, little, what's the other one? McLean. Billy Blank. Oh. McRae's, yeah. McRae. Can, they, can they all stand up and, Dunkley. and 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 do something? Because they have a at the start of the season, the Rolls Royce midfield, and at the moment it's looking more like a bloody uh, uh, Ford Fiesta. That's a 120Y. <laughs> <laughs> um another key thing, what what do we do with Tim English? What do we do with Aaron Norton? What are we doing with those players? Does Tim English go forward and and sorry, go into the center? to allow Bont to do his Mr. Fix-It role that he does all over the ground? Um, do he and Norton take more of those forward inside forward 50 hit-outs? Does Norton go for I, – I don't know what to do because Norton is more of a second or third stringer. Tim English is not a forward. He's he's tall. He takes a mark contestedly, but he's averaging like 1.1 goals a game or something like that. So he's not a true forward. So if he's not a true forward – and he's not going to play him in the ruck, then what are you doing with him? Um, based on all those things as well, you've also got the hottest player in the last nine weeks, and that's Jake Stringer. I know that you, Peps, are, are super critical of him. And Oh, you know, he's been – look, no, his last number of weeks have been sensational. I just think if you stick someone on him – Yeah. I, yeah, I think if they put a run-through play with him, and I don't know who – Mm. Maybe give Jason Johansson the Johansson the job. Someone uh, I think needs to go to him. Yeah, I don't know. He, look, the key to stopping Essendon is stopping Jake Stringer. Quite a quite simply that he just he he does what he wants when he wants. And at the problem and the moment, sorry, at the moment, the problem with the Western Bulldogs and it was identified during the week there is. Port Adelaide did it perfectly. They managed to shift the zone. So what they did is they would uh, do small kicks and carve through that Western Bulldogs zone, kick to the fat side of the ground, and really expose the way um, Western Bulldogs play. So that whether Essendon followed that same thing, that could work. But, I mean, they only played this team three weeks ago, so they probably have a fair key on how to blow apart the Western Bulldogs. Um, so last time they met, Bombers, 97 versus 84. Bombers got up and won. The Bombers won clearances, 47 to 31. Center bounds clearances, 18 to 12, and scored 70 points from stoppage change to the Bulldogs, 21 points from that source. So uh, Essendon really got on top of the midfield there and really carved them apart. Um, 39 of those 70 points came from the center bounce chains. Essendon were cleaner with disposal, more efficient inside 50. They dominated around the clearance and hitouts. Um Defensively, Essendon tackled more, but they had fewer inside fifty tackles. I think just goes to show um, how easy they were. They were really getting it in there. Um, the game overall was really, really tight up until the third quarter. It was a real battle, um, and Essendon having to run over the top at the end there. And that was a, a game of interest for two reasons. Uh, two meter Peter kicked his big seven goals that game, Peps, and you had it as a highlight for that week. Mm-hmm. And it was unfortunately the game that Bruce went down with his season and knee injury, Peps. So a dirty night for the Western Bulldogs and it really started the avalanche and, and it has landed them to where they are now, which is fifth on the ladder. So who are you going with? 
Um, I'm going Essendon. Wow. Okay. I'm going Essendon. They just they, they're too attractive at the moment to not 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 go okay for them by by ten. I'm actually going from my perspective. <clears throat> I'm actually going the Bulldogs. Okay, <laughs> and, and here's and, and here's why. So the first thing that stood out to me was what you said. The time that they beat SS, the Western Bulldogs should have been up in that game. They kicked themselves out of it, if you remember. Yeah, they kicked themselves out of it, and two meter Peter kicked seven straight mm-hmm. in perfect conditions, and they've yeah. only won by two points. This is going to be down in Tassie. Uh, no, it was one by um, twelve sorry, points. Uh, Thirteen points. Sorry. Thirteen points. Sorry, it was the other week. It was two points. So everything went everything went right for the for Essendon. Everything went wrong for the doggies. Mm-hmm. Essendon do score well, but they also bleed points, and I think that's where they can get them. I think if they if the doggies have a more mobile setup, and we know they've got midfielders that can kick goals, I reckon if they run that mobile setup again, it's going to be really difficult for yeah. for Essendon to be able to stop. Yes, they'll be able to kick their own. Don't get me wrong there. But being able to stop them has been their Achilles heel all year. Mm. And I think they'll get they will get caught out. It's interesting though, if you have a look, um, Bruce was averaging around about 2.4 goals a game. It drops yep. down to 1.9 for Norton. So you're looking at virtually half a goal or a goal a game difference yep. being lost. And that's a massive thing that Bruce is bringing. It also brings the pressure off. And you were right with Tim English, it's like 1.06 goals a game. So he's not a forward yep. at all. It's going to be a cracking contest. Uh, like I said, Essendon love getting the ball. The doggies love handballing the ball. I just think the doggies midfield, if you stack the two midfields up, I know there's a bit lots of class at Essendon's perspective. Mm. But the doggies, you get, regardless, if you've been at the top of the food chain for nine-tenths of the year and possession is nine-tenths of the law, <laughs> I reckon they're going to possess a win over the weekend. But I, I reckon it might be two or three goals. I just... I don't know. I, I just have more faith in the team that's been at the top of the ladder than one that's come in. Yeah. You know, the, I know the Essendon, play, Essendon people are probably thinking that I'm being a bit biased. I might be, but um, I, I just, I just love. A, I just there's only one game I want to be a blowout, and that's the Melbourne game where we win by ten goals. And the only <laughs> game you want to be a blowout is the Port Adelaide game being ten goals. I want to relax. I want to relax. I want to relax. I don't want Friday night. I want eight thirty Friday night just to be like just sitting back, just relaxing. We we don't need a weekend like last week again. No, not we definitely don't. Right. So, listeners, there you go. There is our tips for round one of the twenty twenty one AFL finals, and we're going to do this every single week. We do it throughout the year, but our in depth live analysis on our Facebook page every Thursday night, around about quarter uh, quarter eight Australian Eastern Standard Time. I know there's people around the world listening to this. Get on the, our Facebook page if you want to see uh, our two beautiful Noggins live. Alrighty, so look if your team's playing on the weekend, sensational. If it's not, hey, footy trips, trade week. Just finishing off quickly, uh, J Dog, the um, the Carlton situation today. Yes. David T got the chop. Um, competition rules, twenty five words or less. How would you describe how Carlton handled it? Um, messy players, not happy. I, I would probably say for the players that kicked up a stink and said that he couldn't communicate, why don't you get off your ass and have a chat to the coach? That's disgr- uh, it's disgraceful. The coach cannot coach effort, and the players were not showing any effort, and that disgusts me that they've actually the coach they've got rid of another coach five in nine five in nine years. 
piss weak, Carlton. And that's the reason why you'll never go anywhere. And I know. Yeah, and Mark McClure said it basically this afternoon. He said if, if he's not the only guy in that football department makes it all the decisions, there has to be more men let go, not just the coach. And also, J-Dog, hasn't been a, hasn't been a, a head of football, a football director. Oh, sorry, I know Brad Lloyd's been the head of football, but no football director role. He's had two COVID-affected years. He's had one of his main assistants leave halfway through this year in John Barker, and they never. And I don't think they replaced him with anyone. So he hasn't exactly had the support from the from the club. And this is coming from a president that's already been around for three other coaches' sackings. Well, he might go to Richmond. They put their interest out in him. Hey, good. On, hey, I hope so, and hopefully he kills it. Yeah, hey, hopefully he kills it. Remember, Teague was the Teague was one of the coaches. He coached the Adelaide forward line that got him to the grand final. But the he guy can, can coach. Go. The guy can coach. Hey, <laughs> the guy can coach. Yeah, just I'd have just him. Can't. I'd have him at Port. It's just Carlton. I'd have him at Melbourne. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon there's be a lot of clubs. Gold Coast would love him. Yeah. Love him. All right. Have a great weekend, listeners. We'll be back on Tuesday night. Share this episode. Give it to all your friends, your cousins, your aunties, your mother, your nana, everybody. And, uh, yeah, like Parco said, they threw him in the deep end and then they drowned him. Have a great weekend and we'll see you on Tuesday. Go Ds, go Power. That's how you get your tips. <laughs> Tipped out star. See you, listeners. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out.